this week on a literature on a very special <laughs> a very special edition i'm so um, excited here is a story i've been saving up since saturday to tell sandy so i went on a date on saturday and it is monday now so you've been patient probably the fifth time i'm gonna tell this story mm-hmm. so by now it's just lore <laughs> you know so let's start where things usually start <laughs> the beginning so i'm on hinge because i'm not married so hinge is like tinder but you try a little harder mm-hmm. all right that's how i would describe it anyway so this guy um like me and i check should out should we give a, him a name can be a fake name let's call him uh let's call him harry harry and harry like me so i check out his profile and there are prompts on hinge that you answer yes and you always have to answer at least like three or something and one of his ones is act is um two truths and a lie and it was like i am one-fourth lithuanian my middle name is blah 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 and i um the third one was i have an anime pillow in my room and i was like oh so i message him because you know i love <laughs> making bad choices yeah that should be my body was that the truth was that the truth i was like please let the lie be the anime pillow fingers crossed and he was like i am not lithuanian oh no and, and, and then what did he what was his experience? i literally i literally said oh no <laughs> <laughs> but and at that moment i was like should i just block him but then i was like oh he's six foot two he's kind of cute six foot two that means his penis would be at least average hey, daddy i'll be your anime pillow <laughs> ew no <laughs> and um my parents if I'll you're listening your do you want to stop <laughs> this isn't even this isn't even part. This it's is not like, even a good bit yet. I'm no, just it's enjoying done. the journey, man. I know. Enjoy it quietly. <laughs> <laughs> so, mom and dad, if you're listening, just like, just don't at the moment. But skip forward, like just skip forward like uh, ten seconds or something. Twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about all y'all's out there, but sometimes mm-hmm. like sometimes a girl's just gotta get a good dicking down. You know, <laughs> like sometimes you're just like, oh, you know what I need? You know what the doctor ordered? <laughs> These tires rotated. <laughs> the tires are my ovaries. <laughs> so he works full time and I was like, oh, I can meet you in the city after work. He's like, mm-hmm. I don't like going out after work. And I'm like, all right, sounds like a you problem. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so on Saturday, me and Isabel go to Selfish Saturday by yes. Pedestrian TV, which was a great event. Monster. We got really drunk. Yes. There were amazing free cocktails from Jose Cuervo, sponsor us. So by the time I actually get to the date, I was already like a little drunk. And I had to like slip all the way to Windsor. Because I was like, why don't you come to the city? He's like, oh, well, this was close to my house. And I'm like, oh, fine. Like, I don't want you coming to my house because it was busy here on Saturday night. There was mm-hmm. like a small party or whatever. Uh, I meet him at the the pub or whatever. And he bought me a drink. And I was just like, oh, God, okay, here we go. And he was like, he was cute, he was tall, like, it was fine. He was really sweaty and nervous, which made me feel better about myself because I thought I was going to be sweaty and nervous, but mm-hmm. I was just like drunk and dry. Perfect. We have that drink and then we like just test the waters like, you're not a murderer, you're not a murderer, cool. And then we go back to his place and um, he lives in like an apartment and his like housemate is sleeping or something. So we have to be like quiet. We get to his room and it's pretty bare. Like, you know how apartments in like Prana, they're pretty small and stuff. So it's a kind of smallish Mm -hmm. room with like built in like shelving. And he just had like a bed in the middle and like a TV kind of to the side. Bare walls except, except for one 
portrait right above his bed and it was like a painting of a girl and it was like it wasn't badly done but it also wasn't good it was like amateur yeah like a talented amateur yeah sure like i could tell it was a girl but i was just like all right no one's gonna be putting this on the fucking guggenheim and you know what i mean (laughs) Anyway, so I'm like, oh, you know, because I'm polite and I'm horny. And I'm just like, what's the story behind that uh, picture there? He's like, oh, that's my late girlfriend. And I'm like, oh, I'm uh, sorry to hear that. Oh. Um, ha- like, I'm sorry. He's like, it's all right. It's been like a while. I'm like, oh, really? How long? He's like, like a year. I'm like, oh, that's not a long amount of time at all. <laughs> I'm like, a year. Oh anyway, and I'm just like, oh, it's a nice um, painting. Who did it? He's like, I did. I'm like, oh, do you paint? He's like, no, only that. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so um, there, there's, that, there's that one part. So I had my uh, horny glasses on. <laughs> um, so we get on the bed and like make a whole point of like, oh, we're playing Smash Bros. And like Zelda. And I'm just like getting tired of this whole charade. <laughs> and I'm just like wearing this really short dress. And he was like touching my thigh. And I was just like, oh my God, get there faster. So finally, I'm like, do you want to put, like, a movie on? Like, I was like, do you want to put on Bon Appetit? Like, <laughs> <laughs> give me Randy. <laughs> um, anyway, so it's happening. And I was just like, all right, he's taking too long to make us move. So finally, I was just like, do you want to make out? And he was like, yes. Oh, poor thing. He was just shy. I don't know. It's been a whole year. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, my God. Because, you know, there's just a point where you're just like, do you just, do you just put your mouth in my mouth? Do you think her ghost was like... It's okay. I want you to move on and be free. Oh, just yeah. oh. <laughs> so um, we make out and it's like mm-hmm. perfunctory. It's fine. It's like I can't remember the last time I kissed someone and meant it and it felt mm-hmm. good. It was just like ah, two mouths on mouths, whatever. Let's get to the dirty stuff. <laughs> so whoa. So we do get to the dirty stuff, but unfortunately, due to him downing glasses of prosecco. And being sweaty and nervous and maybe, like, being under the watchful eyes of, like, <laughs> CJ oh, no. No, like, no, like, his dead girlfriend. Maybe. Was it, like, her face, like, looking down? Not looking down, but I was, like, if I look too closely, it's like she's following me. <laughs> anyway, so he... Yeah, so it didn't happen. It kind of happened. Like, it happened in the way that, like, oh, I guess you were in me. Like, I suppose you penetrated me, but it was just not good in the way that it was just, like, tug and rope a little. And eventually, I was just, like, <laughs> after, like, 20 or 30 minutes of, like, switching positions, and I was just, like, for, I was, like, just in my head, I was, like, what's a girl gotta do to get dick down around here? <laughs> but anyway, eventually, I'm just, like, oh, it's okay, we can try again, like, next Saturday or something. Because I was, like, I could tell he was nervous and a little drunk, so I was, like no biggie and he was like oh sorry i think i just drank too much i'm like yeah so um when i was about to like head out and pee so i don't get a uti everyone always pee after Mm -hmm. six please do that um he was like can you suck my dick i'm like you know what i'm feeling charitable let's do it (laughs) you know i'm not a quitter so i didn't charitable (laughs) (laughs) not Uh, a quitter so i did it and then as soon as gotta give alms to the to the dicks yeah then it happened. I'm like, all right, good show. <laughs> <laughs> good, good show. Good show. So, um, <laughs> finally, oh, it ended. <laughs> and then I was, like, getting dressed. And he was like, oh, you can stay over if you want. Don't have anywhere to be tomorrow. I just have to clean. And I'm like, no. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, no, I don't sleep with people. Like, I actually kick people out of my bed. I don't feel comfortable sleeping 
mm-hmm. with like a person. So I live in Kensington. Mm-hmm. He lived in Pran. So I was like, hey, would you mind splitting the Uber with me? Just because mm-hmm. it costs quite a bit. And he's like, yeah, that's fine. And I got an Uber pool, which you can't split with someone unless you say you're going to get two seats. So right. I was like, oh, no, I can't split it. He's like, that's fine. Send me your bank details. I'll send you like a 20. I'm like, oh, perfect. That's great. Get in the Uber. I get home. I throw up on the front lawn immediately. That's, you know. Standard practice. Standard. And I basically fall asleep holding like a really cold chip in my hand because I ordered hot chips because I was hungry. <laughs> and then like fell asleep just like... <laughs> I woke up actually to my mom calling me like five times going like, uh, we're 15 minutes away. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm up. I'm up. <laughs> I spend like the afternoon with my family and then I was just like, you know, I'll message this guy. I'll give him a second chance because like he could have just been nervous and it's like, like first time with a stranger isn't always great because you got to get into the rhythm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and he's, he doesn't seem like a bad person. He like asked for my consent and everything. So I was oh, like, oh yeah. So I, like, type out this big draft message thing telling him I had a good time, we should do it again, and I stealthily dropped in my bank details so he could send me money for the Uber. (laughs) And then I sent it to Isabel for proofreading. She's like, perfect, great. I'm like, yes, okay. So I go on Hinge, uh, go to my messages to send it to him, and then I do a double take. I'm like, huh? (gasps) He unmatched me. What a cheap bastard. But here's the kicker. Everyone I've spoken to, we they're we're trying to build a timeline <laughs> of when he could have possibly unmatched me. Was it as soon as he came and he was just like uh, <laughs> or like as soon as I like showed up and he was like, Alright, she's here. <laughs> or like as soon as I left, or did he sleep on it and wake up and go like Yeah, you know what? No. So I got ghosted. It was as soon as he was like, send me a bank to use hills. And he was just like, no. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, I got ghosted in almost too literal a sense. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Welcome to Illiterature. I'm Sandy. I'm Sam. And um, this is a literature podcast. This, yeah, it, it is. And that was a book. <laughs> That that was a that was a novella. That was a tragedy. <laughs> that was a three act Shakespearean play. <laughs> I can't even show you his it messages had, now because he unmatched me. Remember, I was going to be yeah. like, "I'll show you." God damn! So why you got a screenshot? I don't want to. If you take anything away from this, no, because I'm afraid. Because sometimes um, dating apps and stuff, they uh, like notify like, them that they screenshotted. And I'm like, uh oh. Just own it. Be like, yeah, I'm showing all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're under scrutiny by at least five other women. <laughs> this is like getting. And this is normal practice. <laughs> it's like a, we're in a room. It's it's marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a writer's room. It's a writer's room. We've got your text up and screenshot and like a whiteboard. There's a whiteboard. <laughs> There's like a laser pointer, and we're like, okay. There are flowcharts. Yeah, and we you misspelled your like we'll forgive it once, maybe <laughs> twice. It's like maybe yeah. he's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> But, um, it, it correlates. It's proportional to like how hot you are. <laughs> it's like a rage. It's like he's hot, so it's okay if he can't read. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, George of the Jungle. That is true. Think Tarzan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically the same <laughs> character. That is true. Is you that know? it? Is that the extent of it? You know what's really weird? Whenever I think of um, Tarzan or like George of the Jungle, I always just think of how callous their bowls would be. Just because they don't have underwear. No, they don't have underwear. They're always just like 
sliding through things. And, like, <laughs> the body would harden itself to protect. Like, it would, know, but it would be their feet. It would be their feet, right? No, their balls. Oh, you know who would have callous balls, though? Cowboys. Yeah, oh. I was going to say, like, jockeys, but <laughs> basically the same thing. Jockeys are so small. They're literally flying on the horse. Yeah. They're never static They on never the touch the ground. They never touch the horse. <laughs> they, they hover. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> levitating. Jockeys can fly. <laughs> you heard it here first. Oh, God. We should really get started. We really we're, we're like, doing the Canterbury like 30 Tales minutes today, in. I know. Um, so today we're looking at the Canterbury Tales by Chosa. I have no idea what that is, but when we sat around and um, decided on the books we were going to do, for some reason... I thought this was going to be a gory, gruesome tale of, like, murder. And apparently it's just some nice pilgrims. Um, yes and no. This is, and, like, we'll probably have to put up a massive trigger warning for pretty much everything. Um, Including my story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but um, f- for this episode, because in the, it, it's dank in the medieval world. It sure is. It, it, yeah. We should really watch Timeline again. <laughs> If you want to yeah. talk dank in the medieval world, yeah. that's it. That's the dankest okay. you can go. The Canterbury Tales, we believe, were first published between 1378 and 1400. That so that's like high Middle Ages. We don't have any of the original manuscripts. We just have copies from after Chaucer died. But it's clear from the amount of copies that we have that it was just actually a super popular thing. Is that his only name? Is, is he like Madonna Jeffrey. or Cher? <laughs> his name is Jeff. Oh, never mind. Jeffrey Chaucer. <laughs> I thought That'd be he... cool though, but no, yeah, he he, we, he's his life unlike Shakespeare is actually super documented because he was um, a customs clerk for the king. What's a customs clerk? What's he... a king? <laughs> <laughs> he he did, he like oversaw customs. Like if anyone wanted to bring products in oh. to London, okay. yeah. So he was like a courtier. He wasn't nobly born, but he sort of managed to work his way up into like. Oh, he's a hustler. Administrative roles. Yeah, yeah. And he was more, that was more of his life than, like, being a famous poet. Like, he, that that came more after his death, we think. Um, oh, he's Guinevere Beck from you, season one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly like her. Who's Penn Badgley in this story? I, I don't know. <laughs> oh. So we open in a kind of cinematic style where Chaucer introduces the setting before any action takes place. So he opens with quite a formal description of the return of spring, um, April rains, new flowers, chirping birds. He introduces um, also the concept of spring pilgrimages. That but people... this sounds so nice. How is this about to get triggered? Well, they could. Can you just be patient? Oh, see, you see how it feels. I'm trying to tell you about <laughs> a dead girlfriend and a ghosting. <laughs> So a pilgrimage is like a journey to a holy location, often to see like the relics of a saint, which means like the bones oh. of the saint. They just keep their bones. Fun day trip. In a little jar. A little road trip. Yeah. Y'all um, want to see some bones? Some bones. <laughs> but sometimes um, also like miracle fountains that have healed people or miracle statues that weep blood or anything like that. It seems um, to also kind of double as a holiday trip. Oh. <laughs> but like, you know, it's like... They don't have proper holidays. I guess, like, state institutional holidays. So Do they the walk? A lot of the time, yeah. Oof. Or um, ride horses. These guys are all on horses. How many Horseback. How many people are we talking here? So there's, like, 29. Are they friends? Is this, like, a little... Well, I'll tell you how they all come to sort of be in the same company. Okay. Um. Yeah, so we're interested in a group of 
some 29 pilgrims that have sort of crossed paths on their journeys to Canterbury to the, the relics of St. Thomas Becket. He's like the one English saint. Fun. At that point. So he was a quite a popular so, destination for English pilgrims. Um, adjusting. He was an archbishop murdered in 1170. So. Wow. They really preserved those bones. They, yeah. Well, bones, they last a long time. <laughs> so the narrator, who I'm going to call Chaucer, even though... It's definitely suggested he's not writing in his own voice. So he goes on this pilgrimage himself. And then on the way, he goes, at, he stays at this tavern um, in Southwark called the Tabard Inn. And he meets the 29 other pilgrims there. And they all agree to travel together. You know what this is? It's giving me vibes of, um, uh, what's that thing called? The, the Donner Party? What's that? You know, those people that like cross a mountain and start eating each other. Oh, Let's look that up after. That's a yeah. It's not the not the um like alive the the soccer team that eighty. No, not that one. That, that's the Andy's one. This is the Donner Party. Okay, okay. Like dinner party, but not. Yeah, but themselves. <laughs> uh, um. Okay. So he gives descriptions of all of them, but he didn't actually. Not every. So we're pretty sure the Canterbury Tales is unfinished because in the intro he says there's going to be a bunch more tales than there are and there's a bunch more pilgrims in his description than actually tell a tale um so the ones we're interested in today are the knight the miller the wife of bath the partner the prioress and the nun's priest wait what say those again the knight the so they're all sort of described by their profession they're all called by their profession so we have a knight a miller uh the wife of miller like a what's a miller like Like a flour mill making making flour out of grains Oh, I was like, like a rose. <laughs> <laughs> what you mean, like, like for oh, bacon? Oh, flowers. Yeah, I was like, no, no, no like flat, like sacks of flowers. Yeah, I was like, how you make a flower? <laughs> <laughs> um, the wife of Bath. Who's Bath? Bath is a city. And she's like the, the communal wife, the whole... wife. No, she's just a wife from Bath. Ah. Uh. Um, the partner. He's just like the guy that's always saying, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain in more detail what it what he is because we don't have that kind of thing really anymore. Um, but then we have a prioress who's like a head nun, and a priest in her service who they call the nuns priest. We start off. He starts off with a description of the knight who's like he he's sort of portrayed as the noblest of all the pilgrims. Um, he's a figure of military prowess, loyalty, honor, generosity, good manners. He's like. You know, you're honorable. Is this knight. played by Tywin Lannister again? No, no, I would. Ooh. What's his name again? J- J- um, Charles, Jaggers. Charles Dance. Jaggers. Jaggers. Yeah, who would play him? Sean Bean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah, Sean Ned Bean Stark? Could. Yeah. Ned Stark? Yeah, all right. He's honestly, like, not one of the more interesting characters. He's just, like, kind of mild. Ned Stark. Um, he's polite. He never says an unkind word. Oh. Um, but he's been on multiple crusades, so. Maybe we're seeing a different side of him. What are crusades? The crusades were these holy wars waged by the West in for the holy city of Jerusalem. So they were trying to conquer the Middle East to institute Christianity and sort of take control of the holy city of Jerusalem, but mainly to steal all the treasure. Oh, stop doing that, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I got one word. Stop. (laughs) And then he has a son who's a squire, who's like a handsome lover type. And they also have a yeoman in their service, yeoman, who's like a free servant. So oh, not yeah. a serf, I guess. Not like a slave. <laughs> He's just like, I just, I, I just think they're neat. <laughs> <laughs> 
whose attire makes him out to be like a forester, which I think is like a hunter, because he's all in green and he carries a big bow and he has like beautifully feathered arrows and he's basically Roman. So it's Link. <laughs> yeah. From Zelda. And he just goes, uh, is that what Link does? I don't know. Uh. We played it for like 10 minutes. And I was like, what the fuck do you do in this game? He's like, anything you want. I'm like, can he fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, this is your guy who ghosted you? You played this yeah. with him? Yeah. My ghost. <laughs> the guy that haunts me. <laughs> Harry. You're like a little ghost babushka doll. Like, his girlfriend haunts him. And then he, he haunts, haunts you. Me. <laughs> you gonna haunt someone else. I haunt the podcast with this. <laughs> So next, the narrator describes the prioress, the, the, the prioress, the prioress, and her name's Madame Eglantine. Egg Valentine. Yes. <laughs> so although she's not part of the royal court, she does her best to imitate its manners. She Is takes, that Maggie Smith or something? Yeah, pretty much. She takes great care to eat her food daintily, <laughs> to reach for food on the table delicately, to not like spill anything. It's Julie Andrews, sorry. And to <laughs> wipe her lip clean of grease. You just wait till you hear her story. Um, before drinking from her cup. She speaks French, but with a provincial English accent. And she's compassionate towards animals, weeping when she sees a mouse caught in a trap. Um, the narrator says all her features are pretty, even her enormous forehead. <laughs> what a read. <laughs> Lots of this is him reading the um, the, the other pilgrims. Didn't he, he write this? So this isn't real, right? No, it's not real. But, but by criticizing these fictional pilgrims, he's kind of criticizing these professions or people in these classes of society if that makes sense like highbrow big forehead exactly (laughs) (laughs) basically um he does but he does it in like this pot like overly positive way he's like and this person was perfect and amazing and perfect at everything in a terrible way yeah and they did these things which he knows that the audience will approve will disapprove of he pillaged them so beautifully pretty much yeah um except the knight who i think he genuinely admires Maybe he, <laughs> he just loves Sean Bean. <laughs> yeah, he does. He just seems like a good dude. So, like, here's a good example. The monk. Okay. Who's apparently very handsome. And Ooh. it's made a particular point that he loves hunting and keeps many horses. A monk loves hunting? Mm-hmm. So he's an outrider at his monastery. Uh, meaning he looks, like, after the Brotherhood's business outside the monastery. And his horse's bridle is like covered in bells, and it can like be heard jingling in the wind. And he's very sort of gay. twinky. <laughs> the cat. Yeah, the monks aware that the rule of his monastic order discourages monks in engaging in activities like hunting, but he dismisses it. He doesn't care. So he's not a monk. He's he's a liar. <laughs> yeah, he's a hypocrite. And the narrator like pretends like I don't know pretends, but like says he agrees with the monk. Like why should the monk? do just study or do manual labor because that's what you signed up for <laughs> exactly who are we casting so as it's the all monk, a bit right? ironic and critical who are we casting as monk who would you cast as monk mm. are these all someone who could like be hot but like a little bit sleazy oh that's a good one um um um, um jeffrey dean morgan um, he's Denny in Grey's Anatomy <laughs> uh, he's in Eat Pray Love he kind of looks like a non-threatening Javier Bardem. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Kate's saying yes. Kate's our marketing manager. Marketing. Marketing. Anything you see in social media, <laughs> that will be a kit. So, and actually a lot of Chos' descriptions of clerics 
are kind of ironic because the clerics were super out of favor with the people at this particular point in history because they were seen as like super corrupt. I'm really into this. What's happening? Yeah. Okay. So he describes the friar. So there's a friar as well. Like friar Tuck? Yeah. I'll imagine he just looks like But that. like a couple centuries later at a moment where people don't actually like friars very much because a friar is like a priest without a church and he makes a living by going around begging <laughs> and um, by like getting people to pay him to hear their confessions. Oh, so, so for donations, I'm I think, but like the yeah. tea and paying the money. Yeah. Redonk. What a bad business model. Um, and I guess it's easy for a rich person, like having a friar come to you rather than going to the church among the masses. Oh, and stuff, true. I guess, I, I guess, I guess that's what they do. Um, apparently he's flirt with the barmaids oh. and he, no- he ignores beggars and lepers despite okay. his own vow of poverty. He can afford pretty nice clothes and plenty of food who are we casting is this one anthony hopkins no no uh danny devito <laughs> how dare you with the english accent i love danny devito leave him alone leave him that's out of this that's probably what i'm envisioning like that sort okay. of vibe oh oh timothy spall okay yeah right. yeah then we have a rich merchant um then a clerk who's like a student from oxford clerk kind of means guy who writes i think because they use it to refer to a lot of things including students of universities mm. Um, but you can also be like a law clerk or a whatever clerk. Uh, I think clerk just means... It's a catch-all. Yeah. Then we have the man of law, so the lawyer. Jaggers. Is this yes, Charles Dance? Yes, this is Charles Dance. Thank God. <laughs> I never want to do a podcast without Charles Dance ever again. <laughs> <laughs> he's known for his flawless understanding of the law and immaculate legal documents. He, he's basically Jaggers. Although Chaucer notes um, Sorry. that though he's a very busy man, he appears much busier than he really is. Anyway, next we have the Franklin, or wealthy farmer who owns lands, but isn't a noble. So usually nobles are the ones who own land. Mm-hmm. The land, the gentry. Um, but Jesse Clemens? I don't know who you're talking about. Oh I'm sorry. Oh my god! Probably. Let's just say yes. No, you don't know what he looks he, He's, um, um he kind of looks like a bloated version of Matt Damon, but blonde. Oh yes! Okay, I love it. Um, and that's like another growing... Another indication of the growing complexity of the social order at the time. That we now have, like, a, basically a class of, like, middle class. You know? This is, like, a huge thing. Apparently his chief preoccupation is food and drink. Oh, fun. Which are plenteous in his house to the point of overflowing. Oh, my God. He's a little food blogger, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He'd be a Zomato gold member. <laughs> he was born today. To review everything. Yeah. Two for one drinks. Then we have five guildsmen dressed in livery. And what the what? So that's like their uniform. It's like a cross between a fraternity and a union. So if you we were all masons, say, <laughs> you all did like stonework, oh. you'd band together. Um, you hang out. Just your workmates. Yeah. And it's also to make sure like you, people who employ you pay the right amount. Like you, no one can like under, undercut uh, It's a union. It's basically a union, but it's also a bit like frat. They have clubhouses and they hang oh, out. Oh, that's why you said it's like a fraternity and a union. Because mm-hmm. it is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the guildsmen actually have their own cook traveling with them. And he's got a big ulcer on his face. Oh they've got like a professional chef. Yeah, I know. But I guess he's the cook at the hall, at the guild hall. Then, we, then there's a sailor who wears a dagger around his neck and who Ooh. steals the wine he transports on his ship sometimes. Sounds kind of hard. Who would play I him? I think from the same merchant as before. Um, someone like... Sly. Oh, stealthy. who's the one from... Darren Egerton? The Walking Dead. Oh. The main guy? The one who's also in Love Actually? No, no, no. The, um... Daryl, what's his face? Daryl, that one. Yeah, no, With I With the crossbow, like rough. Yes, yes, I got him. You know, like a rough guy. I, I got it. Then there's the physician who bases his... Yeah, can we have some light? 
who bases Sorry, his Kate. Kate knowledge on astronomy and the four humors. And he kind of runs a racket with his apothecaries to make more money. Drug dealer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's like... Do some cocaine about Snowdrops. it. Snowdrops. No, no. This is like before they even had cocaine. Oh. This is just like pray about Opium. it a little bit. Oh, I thought it was like, you know, flower of the thing. It'd be like, have this poison that makes you throw up. And then you'll feel better. Yeah. Because you're And you might, but yeah. <laughs> that, that was the medical care back then. You might. <laughs> yeah. You might. Um, yeah. Pray about it on a hill at midnight in a in a barrel of vinegar. And you might and feel better. And you might feel better. If you don't, that's just die time, you know? <laughs> this is what God wants. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he had planned for you. <laughs> Apparently his favorite medicine is gold, according to Chaucer. Which is a witty way of saying uh, he's money growing. <laughs> Apparently, he reads a lot of ancient and modern, you know, in brackets, because it's medieval, medical science, but he doesn't read a lot of the Bible. Who would he be? Hugh Laurie or something? Ooh, like yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we have everyone's favorite, the half-deaf wife of Bath. Why is she everyone's favorite? Is she Florence Pugh? She she could be. Really? Florence Pugh, when she's, like, older. She's, like, 40s. Okay. But Florence Pugh could, like, play her. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm down. Well, Florence um, Pugh played a 12-year-old, and I believed her. So she could play a 40-year-old, and I'd be like, um, yes. So she makes her living as a seamstress, and she's always the first to give an offering at mass, and she gets upset if anyone goes before her. So we know she likes, like, attention and oh status. Oh, my God. That's Amy. She wears so many head coverings that Chaucer guesses they weigh 10 pounds. Why did she do that? She's had five husbands and gone on three pilgrimages to Jerusalem. That's why they call her the wife of Bath, because she's had five husbands. Um, Did they die, or does she just... They died. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, they died. Mysterious Um, circumstances? He doesn't tell us, but I like to believe that it was. (laughs) And also, back then, literally, you could die at any given point. That's true, yeah. You can get bit by a bug and just die. Yeah. So she's been to Jerusalem and Rome and other like exotic pilgrimage sites. She's a little traveler. She's got a good life, yeah. She's got a gap tooth. Travel in spell. And um, she's very comfortable on a horse and she's jolly and chatty. She's just fun. She sounds great. She is great. Then we have the poor but virtuous parson accompanied by his brother who's a plowman who's also simple but virtuous. Next is the miller who, you know, who makes flour. Not flowers, flower. I learned from my mistake. Um, he loves crude jokes and drinking. He's short and strong and can lift doors off hinges or knock them in with a headbutt. He has bright red hair on his head. Is this not Joe from Great Expectations? <laughs> and in a wart on his nose. He's a bit rougher than Joe. Joe's too nice. This guy's kind of like... Okay. So he's, he's just trouble. He's... Um, he wears a sword and plays the bagpipe, so I think he's coded as Scottish. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who would play him. This just helps me visualize mm-hmm. the players. Um, that um, redhead from Game of Thrones, Torvald. Tormund. Tormund. No way, Tormund's so hot. You stay away from him. Okay, my bad. You. I meant he's fine. <laughs> he's really. And you said he, this guy's short and. Yeah, but I don't know. He's oh, he's oh, a ginger. Oh, 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 he's um, he's uh, he's he's the he's Gimli. No, oh, yeah. Where then we have the Mansiple, basically a steward for a law school, um, who's apparently more cunning than most of the lawyers that he serves. Then we have. The thin, angry Reeve, which I believe is a lord steward, um, but he's also a carpenter who's balding and cranky. Then a summoner, um, he serves people who've been called to like church court. Hmm. He summons them to the church court. So he's um he's a that's a thing we don't really have so much now. But it's that person that had like, you know they you've been served. Yeah, those yeah, yeah. <laughs> What movies are they? They get they take extensive measures to serve you. Like 
It's yeah. Amazing. You it's know like what I mean? a comedy, yeah. yeah like Seth like, Rogen or something. Yeah, they're super they're good at it to like a fault. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we've Jonah got... Hill? Did he play? The Wolf of Wall Street? <laughs> mm, super bad. They, yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway. He's a bad, lecherous character. He Ooh. says that, Chaucer says that in exchange for a quart of wine, he would let another man sleep with his woman for a year and then pardon the man completely. He'd pimp out his girlfriend. Oh my god, he's Chuck Bass from Gossip Girl. <laughs> he sold his girlfriend for a hotel. Oh. Okay, finally, at the very end, we have the partner who's just come from the court of Rome, and he's the most corrupt of all. He's oh, very ironic. fashionable, but Chaucer casts shade on his high voice and hints that he might have been a homosexual. Because that's bad yeah. in the Middle Ages. Yeah, that's bad now, apparently. <laughs> yeah, for some. He's despised by the church and laymen alike for selling counterfeit indulgences. So, like, papal bulls um, that, like, forgive people of their sins. What? A, a, like, a pa- like a like a letter from the Pope saying, I forgive you. Oh. Well, <laughs> he forges them. <laughs> it's like, psych. Yeah. So who would play him? Who's a who's a good villain? Uh, Alan Rickman? Yeah. Oh. Maybe. No, not Alan Rickman. Honestly, he's almost too strong and like Who's too strong? Alan Rickman or yeah, this character? Yeah, like he has too much integrity. Oh, okay. Alan Rickman. Um, 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 less integrity. Uh, Penn Badgley in you season 1. Who's that? He's the, who's the guy with the wooden eye from Pirates of the Caribbean? Uh, Jack Black. <laughs> no, 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 no. Jack Black. Jack Black would play. No. no, but you know who Jack Black would play? The Miller. Okay, I like that. Can we keep him in there? Yeah, okay. we'll keep him in Who's going to play the villain? I, re- I want a good villain. Um, Bill Nye? Yeah. Honestly, uh, I like Bill Nye. He's like nobler characters, though. I love Bill Nye. Anyway, we'll keep, we'll keep thinking He's about that. He's a bad guy one. in um, Detective Pikachu, and I'm like, Bill Nye. <laughs> Come on. So Chaucer admits that the partner is a very good storyteller, and that, but that's how he's able to scam people. So, and that's, that's it. I think. <laughs> I think I listed everyone. There's so many of there them. There are so many. Um, and I'm only going to do like five-ish yeah. tales today because they are so long and this is already... These are the interesting, the most... The, These are the ones be... I like the best. Um, I've got two, two, like three of them, the Knight's Tale, the Wife of Bath, and the Pardoner's Tale are like probably the most famous. How many tales are there? In total, mm. I think there's like 24 Is it serialized? Like Chuck Duck? It's a bit more complicated than that because public. Every, there was no such thing really as a publisher. Yeah, house. how did people? Everyone get a hold individually of it? copied manuscripts, so it was handwritten. Oh my god, it's like copying homework. In the <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, I think you could like people would hear the story somewhere and then tell some borrow it, I guess, and write it down. I'm not. I'm not really sure how it worked, but I know that people sort of circulated their own stuff between each other. It's really adorable how. Mm. badly humans want to be entertained that they will pass around. <laughs> <Hand> right. <laughs> They're like, I'll save it for later. I'm so tired of hangings. <laughs> Someone write something juicy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they said juicy back juicy. in the 1400s. Yeah, except it was spelt with like a... Umlaut juicy. So the host of the inn, whose name is Harry Bailey, suggests that he he mentions the people's names, but he never uses them. He always says the host, the monk, the friar, like whatever. Yeah, like Cluedo. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he suggests that... So he's like the, the the owner of the inn, I guess. He suggests that to make the trip to Canterbury pass more pleasantly, each member... He kind of invites himself on the journey. He's like, oh, I need a holiday too. <laughs> um, Y'all seen some bones? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't seen bones since <laughs> last year. 
Oh, it's bone scene time, fellas. <laughs> come, Saddle my horse. Come get your bone viewing glasses here. <laughs> like opera glasses. Yeah. But for bones. Um, so he invites each member of the party to tell two tales on the journey to Canterbury and two more tales on the journey back. The person who tells the best story we will be rewarded with a sumptuous dinner paid for by the other members of the party. How, how long's the journey? Good question. A couple days? Really? I would say like a week or something, maybe. They're it's walking. No, they're on horses. All of them. Oh, mm. fancy, fancy. Yeah, I know it's weird because they tell the story while they're on horses. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> yeah. It's like a person. It's like. They got um, project. What is the non racist version of Chinese whispers? What is that? Oh, telephone. telephone. <laughs> yeah, they're like three horses. <laughs> it's like, and then Barbara did what? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No one really won them. No one really know what the best story yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> well, the host is going to be the judge. Um, and it's actually really clever of him to do this because it means that they're going to be spending another night at his inn paying for, like, everyone else is going to eat presumably with the winner. Mm. So he's going to make a lot more money. So, so. A little business A little bit of business. Just some business. That's Josh. <laughs> yeah. Kind of is. Her husband. My husband. Because she's married. He's a good host. I he really is. Even when it's not his party, <laughs> somehow he's, he's still comfortable still, in the kitchen. He's still the host. Like, <laughs> and you know what? Sometimes it's just easier to be like, "Yeah, kitchen's there. Knock yourself out, bud." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Anyone want some hors d'oeuvres?" <laughs> I just whip this up with what I found in the pantry. And I'm like, "Where the fuck did you get that?" <laughs> okay, so finally, after all the pilgrims are introduced, the narrator apologizes for any offense the meter. The reader might take to any of the words relayed from them, explaining that he feels obliged to report them faithfully, no matter how crass and rude they are. <laughs> you know what he did? He, like, wrote this thing, and he's just like, sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, um, the views expressed herein are not representative of... But they are. He wrote them. <laughs> yeah, he made them up. He's just like... He's pretending. We had two large... Now, he recounts the first night spent with these pilgrims. After the pilgrims all dine and settle the bill with the host, Harry Bailey, he suggests a game to entertain them. Who's Harry Bailey again? He's the host. He's Josh. Josh, thank you. The company all agrees to this and draws straws to see who will tell the first tale as they set off. The night wins. Oh. So this is the night's tale starring... Sean Bean. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger's the one. You remember a night's tale? That's what this is named after, but it's nothing. It has nothing to do with that. Really? Yeah. We should still watch it. Though. We should still watch it. Chaucer's in it. Really? <laughs> Paul Bettany plays Chaucer. It's oh. adorable. Oh, no. Okay. Now I have Paul Bettany as Chaucer. This is better. Why did yeah. you start with Sorry. this? <laughs> yeah. Why? Okay. Why? So, The Knight's Tale is set in ancient Greece. Good thing we're super familiar with ancient Greece. <laughs> oh, we're very familiar. Sean Bean is an ancient Greece. Yeah. Well, he could play Theseus in this. Because each tale has, own, has its own characters, He's right? the knight and he's a DC. <gasps> it's know? like drunk history where act- like they tell the story uh, and the actors are in. Yeah. Yes. That's what this is. Or um, horrible histories. Or, yeah, like The Wizard of Oz where like the characters in real life play the characters in the story. Sure. I like that. She likes Warner it. Brothers, contact us. <laughs> we'll make the movie. We're going to get sued. Mm, <laughs> By Chaucer? By Chaucer. <laughs> Paul Bettany is going to sue us. Mm. Okay, so this version of ancient ancient Greece is like super anglicized and like modernized insofar as they make it like really medieval. Like they have knights in ancient Greece apparently. They, they don't, right? They don't. Oh god. It's just funny because like they're medieval. 
So we're imagining like ancient Greece is like this medieval fantasy. It's it's just thanks, like Bob. That Babushka doll of history. Duke Theseus. He's a duke in this version, but he was the guy who killed the Minotaur in the legend. Yeah. Yep. Is out riding one day, and he passes by a group of four weeping women. They are all grieving the loss of their husbands. Four weeping women. That was us after we watched Little Women. <laughs> Just stumbling out of the theater, That's like, true. gasping for breath. That was a and this dude rides sport, up actually. on a horse and he's like, ladies, why do you cry? <laughs> why do you cry? Well, um, anyway, these ladies say they're weeping for the loss of their husbands who were killed at the siege of the city Thebes. Mm. The Theban Lord Creon had dishonored their husbands by refusing to bury their bodies. You can see the influence of Homer here. The whole Achilles thing. Yes. Yeah. So Theseus takes revenge on the lady's behalf, sacking Thebes. Nice. He returns the bones of the husband. This is um, Sean Bean, right? We're talking about Sean Bean here. Yeah, he'll be Sean Bean again. But he's not Odysseus. Yeah, I know. He's Theseus. He's the knight. Yeah. Um, This is his tale. And this is his tale. (laughs) So he returns the bones of the husbands to the wives, and he takes two noble prisoners. Wow. Um, So two Theban nobles. No one asked him to do this, right? I think the wives kind of did. They're like... <laughs> they winked. Oh, yeah, I winked. Sorry for the listeners at home. He So he locks them in an Athenian tower. This is just what knights do, I'm guessing? Like, good deeds? Yeah. They just walk around going, y'all need some help. <laughs> That's what they're meant to do, but most of them just, like, stole people's shit. <laughs> y'all need some help with me stealing your <laughs> shit? Um, so the prisoners are named Palamon and Arcite. Archite? Where are you? Arcite? A-R-C-I-T-E. Archie. Archie. I'll call him Archie. <laughs> like Andrews yeah. from Riverdale. <laughs> um, they're royal Theban cousins and sworn brothers in arms. And they're stuck in this tower in Athens for several years. One day Palamon... Several years? Several years. How well locked and guarded is this tower that they can't just... Quite. Who... What? Who... What, who is... Who was okaying the expenses here? Who Who is the government? Theseus. Theseus is the government. Oh my god, but he's just one man. Yeah, that's why we, That's why this monarchy thing is just, it's not good. Oh. You heard it here first. So one day, Palamon <laughs> spies a beautiful Athenian lady in the gardens below the tower making flower garlands. Oh. She is Emily. Um, so this is Theseus' sister-in-law, so oh. Hippolyta's sister. And I'm not, if I'm not wrong, this is the same Theseus and Hippolyta from the Midsummer Night's Dream, who you played on my birthday. All I remember from that read, birthday. You were the queen, Hippolyta. All you remember? God, I was so drunk. Um, <laughs> all I remember from that birthday is I had to throw Alana into the shower and take everyone home because I were drunk. And I was like, why can't I be that drunk? <laughs> oh, we had to like... It was was it during your birthday or the cooling? I'm not sure. I don't People know. People didn't get quite as messy during my birthday. But I remember because Simon played Theseus and you were Hippolyta and it was really funny. Because you were both doing like voices. We were very drunk. Um, yeah. I, the, oh, what I do remember about your birthday is mm-hmm. the clock struck 12 and you washed your face. Which is Sandy. That's not true. Which is Sandy talk for getting ready for bed. I'm like, <laughs> how dare you? I'm like, I'm just going to wash my face but I'll hang up for a while. No, you won't. Once you wash your face, it's like you're dead you're gone each night you drown yourself a little to go to sleep <laughs> palamon immediately falls in love yeah of course because this is the middle ages and he well it's ancient greece via the middle, middle ages middle, middle ages middle, ancient greece. middle greece middle greece ages this so he moans in heartache because he's, he's just like 
Oh. <laughs> Relatable, though. <laughs> anyway, this awakens Archie, who looks out the window to see, like, what's the matter, man? And then he immediately falls in love with Emily as well. She's like a manic pixie dream girl. <laughs> she's just like making flower crowns. She's Kate Winslet. She's got blue hair. Oh, my God. Yeah. And they're both Jim Carrey. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I'm going to watch the new Sonic movie tomorrow. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Any good. So they argue over her, like who saw her first, but eventually they give it up because it's futile. Neither of them obviously will ever leave the prison. Or will they? <laughs> <laughs> One day a duke named Perotheus. Fun. Oh no, it doesn't matter. He, he petitions Theseus for Archie's freedom. Why? How does Theseus he know agrees. He's Theban, I think. Theseus agrees on the condition that Archie be banished from Athens on pain of death. So if he ever comes back to Athens, they get to kill him. Oh, dope. Yeah. I know. I wish yeah. I could do that to people, but... I know, if you come back, I'll fucking If you come you. back to this town, <laughs> you, you set foot in Melbourne. Listen, you can say it, but acting upon it is the crime. Yeah, Saying true. it is relatively crime-free. So he's banished. Now the cousins <laughs> are feeling sorry for themselves in different ways. <laughs> Archie's bummed <laughs> as you might expect Archie's bummed because he can't go back can't and go back and, and look at Emily look yeah. At, yeah he's like he's jealous of Palamon for being able to see Emily every day but Palamon's in jail <laughs> exactly um, Palamon on the other hand think Archie's position is better as he could rally an army and take Athens and Emily by force because that's why would who would who, who would come with you though well, she'd have to, because she's... It's, no, no, it's no, no, I meant the army. Like, oh, well, I mean, they're Theban royalty, so they could probably, you know... Oh, yeah, true. Rally up some Yeah, troops. rally up some troops. So the knight poses the question to the listeners, who do you think is worse off? Oh, is it better to have loved than <laughs> loved at all? Um, I would rather be... Uh, d- wait, in the prison, do they get food and yeah, is there yeah, a toilet? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I guess I could stay in the prison because then I could just watch her, just, just hang out. Away. Don't really have to do much. <laughs> I guess you get bored after a while. They don't really have phones back then. <laughs> I guess in normal prison, you won't get your phone. I'm just like, um, yeah, you put me in jail. Can I take my phone? <laughs> <laughs> no. And I'm like, man, this is sucks. <laughs> why, why I want to be here. Why is jail so hard? <laughs> So after a while, Mercury appears to Archie in a dream and tells him that he must return to Athens. Oh, okay. At this t- point, Archie has grown thin and weak from lovesickness. Medieval oh. people believe this was a real thing. And oh. also, like, the purest form of love is if you get, like, sick over it. If it tortures you. That's and we like, still, like, get that a little bit today. That's, like, a little romantic. Yeah, the legacy kind of, yeah. Still, mm. still carries through. Lovesick. Mm. Yeah. That's a term. Um, so Archie follows Mercury's advice, but I'm so glad you think the thought of Archie because I just couldn't like pronounce the name. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I not- didn't know what I was going to do for this. A dog. Mm-hmm. Um, he disguises himself and takes a job as a page in the palace where Emily lives under the name Philostrity. See, this is where passports really come in handy. <laughs> he's still lovesick though. And one day he's wandering through a field, picking flowers and monologuing about how he's conflicted about returning to his beloved Thebes. And actually doing something about his love for Emily. What if she's not that great? They saw her like <laughs> once. They talked to her and she's like... like That's awful. like the least of their problems. That's true. But... Anyway, who should happen upon him at that moment? Oh my god, Sean Bean. Palamon. No. Having just escaped from the tower. Oh, nice. Look at him go. <laughs> and he heard what Archie was saying and he's pissed because he saw her first. How did he hear what he was saying? He's not even around. He was like monologuing to the flowers. <laughs> 
They each assert their claim to Emily, who I might add still has no idea about any of this. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, I just like flowers. <laughs> Pal, what's his face? Did see her first, Palamon. though. Like, shotgun rules are in effect here. Yeah. He was well within sight. Well, they agree to meet back in the field the next day and fight mm. to the death over it. Oh, yeah, like in Kill Bill. You know, when they're going to meet at the baseball ring yeah. and fight, but they don't. Or where they were going to go to the beach and fight, but they don't. So Theseus happens upon the two mid-fight, and is impressed with their martial abilities. <laughs> he's Palamon, like, I thought I told you not to come back here, but well, they he's like, who are you guys? And Palamon admits, he's like, we're Palamon and Archie. Why? Palamon? He could just be like, uh, Bob, Greg. <laughs> but he town. says, yeah, he's like, why don't you just kill us both and have done with it? Oh, yeah. And he's about to. Oh. Um, but the women in the court who are, like, riding with him, especially the Queen and Emily, because they're very pure-hearted people, mm. they intervene for the two men's lives. The king acquiesces and says that the matter will be sorted through a tournament in 50 weeks' time. So they he gets, like, a stadium ready, and the two men gather a 100 of their finest warriors together. What the fuck? And the winner will be awarded Emily's hand. Cause... Emily's like, yeah, sure. <laughs> As if she had a choice. That's hilarious. Theseus erects an enormous stadium with three temples to the gods. One for Venus, one for Mars, and one for Diana. So that's Aphrodite. It's fine. uh, Ares and Artemis. Sure. That's the god of love, the god of war, and like the god of hunters and maidens. So like virgins, I guess. The Sunday before the tournament, Palamon visits the temple of Venus and prays to her for victory. And the statue of Venus makes like a mysterious sign, which we aren't told what it is. But he takes it as like, yeah, you're going to win. Emily also rises that dawn, going instead to the temple of Diana, where she prays to remain a virgin. But she says that if she must marry one of the men, let it be the one who has the strongest love for her. Oh, it'd be that sickly thin one. But then the other one loved her enough to escape. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Diana appears to her, telling her that she will indeed have to marry one of the men, which isn't fair, but fine. (laughs) Um, but Emily obediently goes back to her room, a little bummed and nervous about the next day, as you might be if two men were gonna yeah, battle kill to the an death. Entire, over yeah, two and armies were gonna battle. Maybe she yeah. must have been. And you're just like, I just, I'm just Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, Archie walks to the Temple of Mars, praying to him for victory, and he receives a sign which he also interprets as positive. Goddamn, Sean B, and just make one <laughs> so that one person can just tell him. <laughs> um, we then shift our focus to Olympus. In sort of the style of Homer, where the gods are having a chat. <laughs> I love that. A little cut two to the gods, and they're like, y'all seen it's this. It's like Gogglebox or something. <laughs> Goggle-box. That's a thing, right? Yeah, but I said Goggle. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so Saturn, Venus's father, um, he assures her enigmatically that despite Mars's aid to Archie, Palamon will still win the girl in the end. Oh. So at last the day of the battle has come, the spectators gather in the stadium, the armies are evenly matched but after much clashing clashing of steel and spilling of blood, Archie finally brings Palamon to the stake, meaning that he's got like a sword to his throat. Nice. I know, it's a cool, cool image. Theseus declares that Archie is the winner. Yeah. Venus, up on Olympus, weeps, but Saturn's like, hey girl, this isn't over yet. <gasps> An and he causes an actual earthquake to happen, That's... throwing Archie from his horse under which he's crushed. <laughs> he's taken to his, to his tent where doctors fail to improve his condition because it's the Middle Ages and they probably just like put some salt and pepper on him or something. And they're like, you're done for. <laughs> Delicious, but it won't help. <laughs> oh, and after expressing love to Emily, he tells her that she should marry Palamon when he is dead. 
who possesses all the qualities of a worthiness. So Archie died? He does. He dies. Because he fell off his horse? And the horse fell on top of him. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. he was like destroyed. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, and he's all <laughs> lovesick. He's dead. Yeah, so Emily and Palamon are joined in matrimony, and that's the end of the night's tale. I hate that it wasn't even about him. <laughs> well, I guess well, no, you have the, the tales option are of about tell- the other people. Yeah, it's just like, what's the coolest story I know? Yeah, they're all performing stand up. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. Yeah, like spoken word, <laughs> slam poetry. I am a knight. <laughs> that's cheerleading. No, that's like a, you know, when you see me, you only <laughs> see my armor. <laughs> You don't see my pain. (laughs) Okay, so that was the Knight's Tale without Heath Ledger. But with Sean Bean and Paul Bettany. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was a good time, wasn't it? I know. It just happened like 20 seconds ago, but damn, the memories. (laughs) Um, So that is... Uh, Yeah, so... You go. That's one of the tales. I think we've got four more to go. Well, I want to say like... 1.5 1.5 I'd, I'd consider my tale as a, a <laughs> <Was> canterbarian <laughs> <laughs> would you call that if, if um what's his fucking name the host <laughs> if josh asked me to tell a story would i tell that would you tell that one would that be your tale it shows what's valuable to you um, not being hard dicks and replies <laughs> oh love those two things and uh. also no dead girlfriend portraits <laughs> i don't know i thought that it Added a little bit of spice. I meant just like a little bit of zest. in general. It's not a, the story is fine. <laughs> like in the story, it's like oh, who is she? But in real life, I I don't want to don't want these. <laughs> um, what else? Mm. So we have to pick it up next. Yeah, week. maybe join us on the next maybe. part. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> if join you us. if you liked what you heard, join um, us for Canterbury Two Redux. <laughs> two Canterbury Two Tales. <laughs> Canterbury Tales Tokyo Drift. Canterbury Tales Revolutions. <laughs> the Tales Semicolon Canterbury. Uh, join us next week for the Miller's Tale, the Wife of Bath's Tale. I hear she's very popular. The Pardoner's Tale and the Nun's Priest's Tale, which you're going to like a lot. <laughs> oh, that's so many and I'm so excited. And uh, hopefully next week I won't have another yeah. tale hopefully just, yeah just you'll just be no more tales for me <laughs> <laughs> imagine that all just like ending in o with the little no apostrophe mo- no more tales Talos. <laughs> no more tales t-a apostrophe <laughs> no more tay for me <laughs> no more stole for me story <laughs> stole